Hello, I'm Amy Stevenson, and this is The Human CEO. In each episode, we'll be meeting with CEOs and senior leaders to understand their approach to leadership, the challenges they faced, and how they overcame them. We'll also be asking what they feel it takes to be a great leader. What I've done is always been the one willing to be first, there first, be there early, work the hardest, be the one with the smile on his face, and always be the one to offer his help. And that really helps you get noticed. Welcome to The Human CEO. I'm your host, Amy Stevenson, and today I'm joined by Lance Patterson. Lance is the CEO of Penhaligons and Lance Saint Perfumier. Penhaligons is a luxurious British perfume house founded in the 1870s by William Henry Penhaligon. He was a Cornish barber, moved to London and became court barber and eventually perfumier to Queen Victoria. With a track record of delivering great results within luxury retail, Lance now leads a team across the UK, France, Hong Kong, Singapore and Macau. Lance joins us today to share his insight as a leader and a human CEO. Thank you for joining us today, Lance. It's great to have you with us. Uh, Thank you so much, Amy. It's a real pleasure to be asked to uh, do this. Well, I'm really looking forward to hearing a bit more about your story. So can you tell us a little bit about Penhaligons, the organization that you lead and uh, what you're working towards at the moment, please? So so we have uh, with here, we have two brands. We have Penhaligons, which is a, uh, you know, heritage brand founded in 1870. Uh, you know, we sell fragrances and we create uh, delightful, entertaining experiences. We like to say to Penhaligons that we entertain the world's nostrils with a dose of Britishness. Uh, That's our brand mission. And Lardizan is a brand that we also uh, have that is based in France. And Mm -hmm. Lardizan was created in 1976 by a man named Jean Laporte. And really, we we would say almost the founder of niche perfume. So he really created perfumes that were uh, taking chemistry and botanicals and bringing them together. As an example, his first fragrance was called was based on a banana. Uh, and uh, while that might not have sold well, uh, it certainly was innovative. Mm-hmm. But as two brands, as a collective, and as you know, as we manage the the, the business, um, our our guiding light as an organization, and really what we're working towards is our why, uh, which is our north star. Um, and our why is something that we developed as a, as a team um, with uh, an organization led by Simon Sinek. And uh, he, you know, I asked them to come and join us. And we spent a week together uh, really discovering what, what was our, our mission, you know, our higher purpose. So what sits above um, the brands themselves. And, and that's to create meaningful experiences so that we inspire human connections. Um, this is, you know, something that we lead with both in our, from our cons- for our consumers, the people that we interact with in our stores and online, and with our colleagues. So we wanna we wanna be inspired and we wanna inspire each other. You know, we're, we're we wanna be authentic uh, in what we do. Um, mm-hmm. We wanna we we wanna be the best we can, and uh, it's been a real game changer for us. Fantastic. And so you've been with the business for eight years now? I can't believe it. I was counting actually yesterday for some random reason, but yes, it's nearly eight years. Wow. And yeah. so as, as chief executive of that kind of organization where you're sort of, you've got that cross section of heritage and 
being contemporary and continuing that growth of the brand and the evolution of the brand. What what kind of challenges are you up against at the moment as a leader of that kind of organization? Well, you know, I, I'm sure you probably hear this on every interview, and I, I'm sorry to be uh, repetitive, but uh, COVID is obviously the <laughs> the pandemic is is, yeah. is big challenge. Uh, you know, we we have stores and business, you know, um, uh, distribution partners all over the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the experience has been quite challenging because every day it's a new issue in a new country or a new city. Um, so it's been a real roller coaster. But for us and for our brands, I think we've really been able to navigate the pandemic rather well. I mean, it certainly helps that we have a parent company that, uh, you know, is able to support us that's privately owned and, uh, you know, really believes in what we do and our visions. Uh, but and, and we've learned through this how to do more with less. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You don't realize sometimes how much you take things for granted. Um, uh, I think both personally and professionally that 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 regard. And we've been actually able to accelerate and grow, which is pretty incredible. Um, but, you know, the biggest challenge has been faced, again, with the first thing I said, which is really embracing our why. Mm -hmm. And because it's so such a part of our our DNA now, this mission, this 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 higher purpose, you know, that all of us sticking together um, has really only been strengthened by this, you know, the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that is one of the positives. If you can find the positives out of a situation like we've all just been through, that is one of the key positives that we can all absolutely. take. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. And so thinking about your leadership career then, I've had a little look at your background and I'm really interested in how you go from corporate gold buyer <laughs> the position that you're in at the moment. Can you tell us about your leadership journey and, and how it happened, whether it was choices by design or whether it's quite an organic process? So um, I'm one of those freakish people that knew from a very young age where he wanted to go and do. And uh, I have a book uh, that a tutor gave me when I was very young that I wrote in it and drew the Empire State Building and drew a diamond. Um, <laughs> and you know, fast forward many years, I knew I, well, I wanted to be a buyer when, when department stores were still at, you know, the Kings, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I was lucky enough to, you know, join a department store in a buyer, buyer, buyer training program. Mm -hmm. And uh, that quickly led me on the journey. Uh, that's where my journey began. Um, but I, and why I've been able to, I think, while I've done okay, I'm sure others could do better. I, I didn't go to the best school. I don't have an MBA. But what I've done is always been the one willing to be first, there first, be there early, work the hardest, mm -hmm. um, be, the, be the one with the smile on his face, uh, and always be the one to offer his help. Uh, and that really helps you get noticed. Uh, and I was fortunate enough to be noticed early and to be enabled to, you know, progressively accelerate, you know, uh, step-by-step -step get higher in my, uh, career. Mm -hmm. I was often told in the beginning though, uh, about patience because I didn't have a lot of patience. Um, and that was something that probably was a stumbling for me, but I would say the biggest leadership part of my leadership journey 
that showed me how to be a leader or began maybe realized that I didn't know how to be a leader was when I got fired from a job in 2007. And that's, uh, well, I don't know if you've ever been fired, but it's pretty horrible. And uh, it really exposes you to a lot and internally, not externally. And if I had to be candid, I was a bit of a jerk now that I, when I look back on it and, you know, it was all about me and me succeeding. Okay. So it really set me on a, a new, a, a new course and it led me and, and I went on a journey to discover uh, more about myself and what leadership is. And, and honestly, I'm still, I'm still on that journey and I have my own personal why, and that's really to enable others to be the best that they can be. It's my guiding principle, and I and it it's at home with my son. Um, you know, my dogs unfortunately don't want to be the best that they can. You know? <laughs> but uh, I I try, even you know, every day here in you know with my team um, to enable them to be the best that they can. Uh, and and so I'm on the journey still. Uh, I, I'm certainly not there. And I certainly fall down sometimes, but I love it every day. Fantastic. And I think, I mean, I'll go on to ask you in a second what you think the key characteristics of a a great leader are. But I think one of them is certainly that is sort of the the empowerment of your team, being there to support them and leading from behind as well as leading from in front. But but in terms of other characteristics for yourself, what, what are those key characteristics? What do you think is important for a successful leader? I think to be a success, you know, to be a successful leader, um, I think, well, I think failure helps. Uh, I think having a few failures in your life, uh, making a few dumb mistakes as I had made in my past, you know, I think it teaches you that, you know, if micromanagement is never going to get you anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to be able to hire people that are smarter and better than you, you know, I don't want to be, if I'm the smartest person in the room, that's scary. Yeah. Uh, you know, I want to enable, I want to, sorry, enable others to come forward and be the best that they can be. And, and we have a very rigorous um, recruitment process. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a five-stage interview process. Uh, you know, we do psychometrics once you join. Uh, we put, you know, we do a, we spend a lot of investment on, uh, on development as you as an individual, um, because, you know, we want you to be the best that you can be. And I think that, you know, those are the things that I think a leader who is, you know, self-aware, uh, you know, is able to, to do a better job and then be able to forgive yourself. You know, you're not always going to be the best or the, you know, you're not always going to be right you know, I'm never right. Everyone, you know, I, I, am able, well, I hope I'm right sometimes, but I, I have to, uh, I have to listen. I have to be, I have to be flexible. Yes. In many cases, I'll take the final decision, but I'm open to hearing that. And, and I change my mind. Uh, yeah. and I, that's enabled us to, to do better and be a better organization. Fantastic. And it, it all comes back to that self-awareness that you mentioned, being open to those those discussions and that input from your team is is about being self-aware enough to, to take that step back and listen. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, you know, we, we, I've, I've had, uh, you know, leadership 
whatever you called, uh, profiles done with, um, you know, Ernest and Young. I've done, uh, you know, had coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I've done insights, which is the colors uh, that we, we are quite active with the team on. And, and I think all of those things have really, you know, they haven't been a surprise for me personally, um, but they've given me, they've helped me, given me tools to be able to be better. And therefore, by me having tools, I'm able to share them with the team and help, help them hopefully along on their journey. Fantastic. Fantastic. And, and in terms of your leadership career then, was there a piece of advice or an experience in the past that's, that shaped your leadership style or your approach to leadership? Yes. So I mentioned one before, which is patience. So mm-hmm. I, have, I have three. Um, one is patience. Um, I still have a little trouble with that, um, but um, more from a self-development perspective than with you know uh, others. Although I do always have to remind myself to be patient. Um, the next is to be calmly confident. That was the first piece of advice I got my first interview at a department store buying program uh, from a DMM at the time, a, d- a divisional merchandise manager in Pittsburgh, where I grew up at a department store called Kaufman's. I'll never forget it. Um, calmly confident. That really says a lot. And then finally, um, uh, slow and steady wins the race that it's, you know, it's not, it, it can't be a sprint, you know, yes, there's certain things you can sprint on, but it, you know, you need to understand that one after one step after the other, um, if you go too fast, which I've done myself, you Mm -hmm. make, you can make big mistakes and I've made those. Um, so, so one step in front of the other is is super important. Yeah, that's good advice. I think often leadership as well, it's about balancing the tensions. So having that drive, but having the patience and the slow and steady, calm, yeah. confidence, it, it leads into that. It's very much about walking that line because to, to get where you are and lead an organisation like you are, you must be very ambitious and very driven. But at the same time, you're absolutely right. Patience, is, patience needs to be there as well, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Excellent. And... Is there a leader, past or present, that you particularly admire and why? Does, does anyone sort of stand out? So, uh, you know, um, I think that the leader of our parent company, um, the, the CEO of our parent company, is he's, a, he's an inspiration to me. I think that he is, it, you know, he's managing a, a lot, you know, multi-billion euro biz, uh, company, uh, it's privately held. He has his family shareholders. He has his board, and then he has all of us. And I find him to always be available. Um, I find him to be an incredible listener, like sometimes to the point of discomfort, um, because you know he, he can really be quiet. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, what does this mean? Uh, but I really admire that he's able to pause. Um, he allows you to put your your ideas forward without judgment. Doesn't mean he agrees, but um, you know he really allows us to take the ball and run with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and effectively, it's his money. Um, so you know that that's pretty uh, amazing. And the final thing he does is you know we make our commitments. You know he doesn't tell us what the commitments need to be. We make them, and he holds us to them. So consistency is really important. 
Um, and I think those things have really helped me grow and learn um, since they acquired us in 2015. It's, he's, yeah, he's truly inspirational. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. And, and are, there, are there books that you're reading at the moment that, or books that you have read in the past maybe that have been particularly influential or helpful to you? Yeah, I'm obsessed with um, content. Um, and right now, my current obsession is Mel Robbins. Okay. Um, and I'm reading the, the High Five Habit. Have you, have you heard of it? I haven't. No, the five second rule was the last one I, I read. Okay. So the high, the, I, I absolutely also have read the, the five second rule, five, four, three, two, one, but the, the high five habit is super good. Um, I find her, her personal journey inspirational and yeah. So I'm listening to that and sharing that with my, my team, right. um, some of my learning. So a bunch of us are high fiving ourselves in the mirror. Uh, okay. in the uh, I'm also reading um, Mary Portis, uh, How to Thrive in the New Kindness Economy, because it very much aligns with our why. And mm -hmm. in fact, uh, I've invited her to speak at a conference that, well, we were having in February, but now I've delayed due to COVID, but in September. Or, um, so I'm excited to get to meet her and spend a bit of time with her. And beyond those two books, I, I can't not that I've not probably said it 10 times, um, but The Why by Simon Sinek, uh -huh. you know, Discover Why, or It Starts With Why. Yeah. Um, these are, he, he's great. Uh, and it was, you know, the book was incredible and the experience has been credible. And then the final book that has been very important for me in the last few years is called The One Thing by Gary Keller and Joseph uh, Pap Papson. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's all about, you know, picking something and doing it really, really well, you know, and, you know, giving, giving a vision that is cohesive, uh, and not scattered all over the place, uh, and sticking to it. Yes. Uh, so, so I would say th those, well, those are two things I'm reading now and two things in the past that I, I highly valuable are highly valued by me. Fantastic. All, all great reads as well. I've not heard the first one, but the Mary Porter sounds fantastic. And the other two have definitely been influential for, for me and some of the other leaders that we've spoken to as well. So that's really helpful to share. Yeah, I always, when I find a book I really love, within like three chapters, I'm buying the book and sending it to my executive team yes. uh, and encouraging them to follow and, you know, read. And then we have, you know, we have discussions about it. And, and oftentimes I even do offsites centered around uh, a topic uh, that we learned um, and in a keynote and I always have a keynote uh, address. So with the why I had um, one of Peter's or Simon's uh, colleagues that worked on it with him, uh, give it a keynote. And then like with Mary Portis, we're having her. So, so reading can really be inspirational. Definitely, definitely. It's life-changing as well. And it's one of the greatest gifts you can share is Absolutely. to give the book to somebody because the knowledge that's within it can be really powerful. So I'm completely on board with that one. And so can you tell us a little bit about what's happening over the next six to nine months, 12 months for you and your organisation? What is there that's on the horizon? Well, right now it's, um, well, as we would say, slow and steady because mm -hmm. of COVID. Uh -huh. uh, so we're, we're cautiously optimistic I would say this is the third time we're cautiously optimistic, but um, I see it. I do see green shoots of positivity 
mm -hmm. uh, as we go forward. But, you know, we're full steam ahead. Uh, and probably one of our biggest focuses is we just bought back our distribution in the Middle East, uh, where we're the number two ranking niche brand. We have 18% market share. So, um, you know, we're, we're really absorbing that business and, uh, you know, continuing to grow. And then China, we entered, um, first we entered in 2019 with Tmall Global. Then last, um, or this past December, we launched officially on uh, Tmall Local and we opened five stores. And this year we're going to be opening another, hold on to your hat, 12 um, stores or in the wow. pipeline. So uh, I would say China, is uh, a big, big focus for us. And, you know, as it is for many brands <laughs> in uh, beauty and fashion. Fantastic. Fantastic. That's excellent. I've really, really enjoyed speaking with you and I'm, I'm looking forward to keeping an eye on where the brand goes and how the business evolves. But, but thank you for sharing because there's been some real insight in there and I hope listeners can take a lot from it. Well, you're, you're very kind and, um, you know, I'm really thankful that you even reached out to me. So, uh, I appreciate it and uh, I hope we stay connected. Fantastic. Thank you, Lance.